Good evening. We have just returned from executive session to discuss issues covered under purpose number one, which is to discuss the reputation, character, physical condition, or mental health, rather than professional competence of an individual, or to discuss the discipline or dismissal of complaints or charges against a public officer, employee, staff member, or individual. And the individual to be discussed in such an executive session shall be noticed and notified in writing by the public body at least 48 hours before the proposed executive session, provided, however, that notification may be waived on written agreement of the parties. And that would be with the superintendent and director of student services. And we met for purpose three, to discuss issues related to collective bargaining or litigation if an open meeting may have a detrimental effect on the bargaining or litigating position of the public body. And that is the Medville Teachers Association Units A and B, AFL-CIO custodians, cafeteria workers, and secretary, and to conduct strategy sessions in preparation for non-union personnel contract negotiations for the superintendent. So now I will thank you, Master I will now call order this March 10th, 222 regular session of the Medfield School Committee, beginning with a roll call. Leo Brown. Here. Thank you. Leo is taking care of a, a small technical issue. Over there. Um, tonight. Here. And Megan Glenn. Here. And Anna May O'Shea Brook. Here. And Jessica Riley. Here. I want to let you know that this meeting is being recorded and will be posted to the Medfield TV YouTube channel. And then we move on to public input. Citizens at this time may address the committee on items of school business, not on this evening's agenda. The committee will take such items under advisement without action or discussion at this time at the meeting in which the item is presented. And so all comments will be taken in person and limited to no more than three minutes. And please state your name and address for the public record. So if you'd like to approach the mic, if anybody has a public comment. Holy cow. All right. So uh, we were going to do approval of minutes, but we're going to hold those off until uh, the meeting until March 24th, our next meeting. And we're going to move on to new business, which would be uh, CPAC update. All right. So uh, Dr. Martin or Mary, would you like to introduce, or would you just like to? Yeah, you can come up to the podium if you like. Hi, Kristen. How are you? How are you? Very well. This is Kristen Martin, and she is the uh, president of CPAC. Um, and please go ahead. You have the floor. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to address the school committee and the community. I'm Kristen Martin at 91 Greek Street, and I am the president of the, C of the Special Education Parent Advisory Committee. CPAC asked to be put on the school committee agenda today so that we could formally respond to misinformation conveyed by, sorry, conveyed by Lauren Wilgerin and Dr. Laura McCullough at the school committee meeting on February 10th. As many are aware, these individuals disseminated baseless claims about a link between wearing face masks and autism. We stand here today to set the record straight. There is absolutely no accepted scientific evidence that substantiates the claim that face masks cause autism. To suggest this causal connection is not only irre irresponsible, 
but also harmful as it inspires fear of autistic people. The CPAC meeting on February 15th, Dr. Carol Wilkinson, a developmental pediatrician and neuroscience researcher, refuted those remarks. 76 community, sorry. 76 community members attended this meeting, many coming together to learn about autism and discuss how Medfield can come together to enhance our understanding of differences leading to acceptance. In order to make systematic, meaningful change and growth, we all need to be open to engaging in and learning from difficult conversations. At the same CPAC meeting, Dr. McCulloch apologized and admitted that she made a mistake. That took courage, but it would have taken more courage for her to, or anyone in the room at the last school committee meeting to repudiate the inaccurate remarks at the time and stand up against ableism. We are vaguely aware of a policy that the school committee members are not supposed to engage with the public commenters. However, the school committee chair did in fact engage with public commenters, but she did not address the damaging and false content. Furthermore, we are aware some people in the audience clapped after the remarks were made and no one stood up to disavow them that night. That's one of the reasons why CPAC is here today, to do just that. We recognize that everyone makes mistakes and we are certainly open to forgiveness. The wounds inflicted run deep and the hurtful remarks are hard to forget. At the same time, CPAC stands united to speak for those who are are some of the most vulnerable people in our community, those who are often not given a voice, even if they have the confidence to speak up. We firmly believe that the community has a long way to go regarding education about differences. We are asking that the school committee examine the curriculum taught in the schools about disabilities, disorders, and mental health and help ensure that all our, that, sorry, that our students and staff at each and every school in Medfield are educated on these topics and at appropriate developmental level. I'm not, I'm not done. Sorry, I think I just lost. Yeah, you have plenty of time. The floor is yours. Thank you, sorry. This is very hard for me to, um, to speak out loud. Um, It is important for students and staff to be aware of all disabilities, visible and invisible, and how to connect and better appreciate what, the, what these students and peers need to feel understood, respected, and embraced. We want to promote acceptance and inclusion, and indeed celebrate the differences that make each of us unique. So with that, CPAC is requesting an action plan and how our concerns and feedback will be addressed. Will there be additions to the health, wellness, guidance, advisory, or other curriculum? Will there be professional development on neurodiversity and mental health? While we are an advisory council, we want to work with the district to ensure programs are implemented to address acceptance and inclusion of all differences, as it is the district's responsibility to educate the whole child. In addition, we endeavor to work with the district and other organizations to host speakers and programs to educate the community. We also won't forget the friends who reached out to CPAC, to CPAC members, attended our meeting and offered their support. 
We thank you and hope that step demand continues and promotes positive change. It is obvious that we need to do better as a community to educate ourselves and combat ableism. Thank you for your time and allowing us to come and speak to you. Um, you can tell this is, I'm talking to myself personally, not for CPAC right now. Very difficult for me to get up here and speak. As you can tell, I am a physically dis disabled. As you hear me talking, I also have intellectual disabilities as well. So it's very hard to not only discuss ableism, but to confront it and to have the ability to speak to the community about it is very hard. Thank you. Kristen, can I, can I speak to you about my experience? Of course. That night, because I think that it, it does uh, make, um, it ties into the experience that perhaps you had, which is um, as a parent and as a mother, I literally at the time felt gutted and I did not come out of myself enough as a parent to be the chair to say the thing that I wish I had been able to say for the last two weeks, which is, wait, what? And and for Mrs. Lilligren, she had her three minutes. Always, 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 always. Oh my God, I have never expressed an emotion in this. <laughs> 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 At least that well, was right. <laughs> But it was quite literally, I was gutted. And so there are times where you look back and you say, I wish I had been able to bring myself back together. I wish I had been able to. And I'm sorry that I didn't. And I hope that next time I could. Um, and we all make mistakes. And I know that even those of us who uh, live with live with others, we think about our kids when they grow up, and we hope that there is a community that is also willing to accept that there are mistakes and things we do sometimes that we don't want to or that we wish we had been able to think better. So thank you for bringing me to us. I think it's, um, there's a, a, a Buddhist who, who says, you know, you look at a situation and you're pretty sure it's going exactly the wrong way. But in the end, you look at it and say, was that a good thing or a bad thing? The thing that happened was bad, but what comes of it can be good. So thank you for getting up. And thank you for speaking to it. And thank you for not letting it go. And thank you to the 2,700 people who have viewed the YouTube video, which um, brings the school committee ratings up far and beyond any of the energy committee, sorry, or anybody else. But I wish that we could be more of a positive. And the goal is that the community, which we have seen, has come together and will continue to be together and to determine the best way moving forward for not only our children, but ourselves in general, to make sure that we, because it's very easy to fall into the ableism 
just like out of habit of being good natured and wanting to help people and realize, wait, what am I doing? Am I really talking down to somebody with disabilities or not, not understanding what's going on in their lives? Because it's hard as a parent and as somebody, a parent of a child with autism. And he's got a long road ahead of him. He's very young. I want to address your ask in terms of, um, sorry, crime is contagious. <laughs> um, um, but I, I, I'm sorry that you um, um, endure that and um, that there was not an immediate response on the floor. And um, however, um, which, you know, with situations, um, you know, we often say teachable moment. And um, you're right, so the light is the community coming together um, on the whole and shining a light on this. But your request of, you know, what is, what is the school going to do to educate, uh, do a better job of educating our population, our community? I hope that we can, um, you know, get something in order in, in terms All of really Good. And, um, you know, and I think, for example, the... Best Buddies Club at the high school. That is such a robust club. It's it's one of the most popular clubs, and and I and I'm just wondering if um you know I think students themselves have have a very powerful voice, and that is a group of allies. And um, I'm just hoping more connections can be made because um, I think they can make a difference within the the trenches themselves as well. And, um, and thank you again, you're very brave. I know it's difficult to, to be up there, so thank you. I think that there's also uh, a real place for making sure that uh, inclusion is not about clubs or special times, but is about every day, every time, every lesson, every classroom. <coughs> every situation so all best buddies is, is a great program it is yeah. not no if i'm not saying yeah. it's the be all end all but i'm saying that, that there there are groups out there who want to, to to help and that's just maybe a little fraction of something more that has to be done in our community that, that's all i'm saying i'm not making it i'm pushing it on this club uh, well, i would also and i, 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 I have to say too i think the and as a parent with you know children obviously in the district i found the culture to be very inclusive in the district so far so i guess i wouldn't want to turn a negative eye on what the successes we already had in our schools and i um and i you know we continue i mean there's always room for improvement and we will all continue to push on that and uh and we should look good feedback on that i think it was unfortunate to see the disregard um but to the sensitivity of what was being said at that meeting, for sure. Uh, I was also in a state of shock, um, uh, but also in the interest of staying focused on the subject that was at hand, I really wanted to make sure that we were all here today without masks, okay? or the, uh, it was an option. So that was one of the hyper-focuses for me. But at the same time, obviously reflecting on it immediately, um, you know, I think you're right in the sense of we cannot forget that the culture in our town of inclusion doesn't stop at the school door, right? It's part of being a town. And I still see it around the town. 
and I and I, I guess I'm trying to paint a rosier picture to the place where we live, right? Because we all have moved here for a reason, and uh, or work here for a reason. People love the culture here, and so and I think we can put some attention to it um, and celebrate it better than we uh, we have. But I, unfortunately, that meeting definitely showed a lack of sensitivity <laughs> to what was being said for sure. But the mask actually has made my son look at eye contact. There's finally eye contact. There never was before, and there finally is because you can't look anywhere else. So it's one of those interesting things. Yeah, there's, there's always silver lining, but just I would uh, I'd just say uh, without repeating it, I can't tell you how many times after I just said, I wish I can have that 15 minutes over. Um, that happens to all of us sometimes. We can't. Um, one thing I hear, and I think it is interesting, I, I do think um, you're not pointing out a wrong that occurred in the schools with the students. This is a community wrong. And you know, your words, um, work with the district to educate the community is really where you know we we can absolutely help. I think that's an area I, I constantly talk about. So I, I you know I, I also say I sincerely that's all I can say is I said, how did that happen? And can we can't have a do-over. Um, but I I you know I think it is good to give us say, hey, we need an action plan. And I think the community is at the center of educating because that also <clears throat> highlighted that there's a lot of work to do around education in that for all of us. So, uh, you know, I, I thank you um, for coming here tonight and sharing. And, um, you know, I hope on, on this, we will, we will see positive change, um, but I wish we, that we don't, we don't need something like that to drive positive change. So I just wish that didn't happen. I want to, can you here and just offer my apologies as well. And it physically pains me to hear you say that our silence hurt you even more. And for that, I, I do and make it but um, and I, I saw the CPAC meet, meeting and I saw how emotional you were, and um, that also hurt. Um, and, and I'm not making any excuses, and I wish too that maybe we were like, you know, that at time could have stopped at that moment. Um, there was a lot, a lot going on at that meeting. Not that that's an excuse, but um, I think we were all seriously overwhelmed with. What was happening in front of us and um i mean if we could have just paused at that moment i think this you know we can't have time back but uh, let me just offer my apologies and applaud you for us because i've been on that podium before and it's scary and um we hear your message and, and uh, we feel remorse for, 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 for <clears throat> so what this actually meant. I actually want to thank you, the CPAC, of taking charge actually as a result of it. Um, it immediately. And you immediately and organically and yeah. bringing people together. Yeah, I think that was, uh, I, I commend you for that because I think it needed to happen that you you rose to the occasion, although it was unfortunate, definitely rose to the occasion what needed to happen. 
if this is your place to do so, I really appreciate you guys doing that as well. First, I just want to thank you for you know sharing what you did tonight and just know that Mary and I have had several meetings since that was last meeting and we were working on curriculum, looking at it at each grade level and making sure that it's done well and done correctly and we're, we'll be making some changes in other areas. Thank you. You know what, just one last thing and I think that it speaks to this. Um, I have a, a very dear friend whose son uh, has a spectrum disorder, and he um, he was talking about his diagnosis and talking about how he talks to his peers who's in out of district placements. And you know, it's almost like you know, we've always used the word, we always talk about it. And I don't think she would mind me saying this, but that he said, "Mom, don't." I don't use the spectrum disorder. I don't say it. I, I tell people that I have ADHD because if you say you're on the spectrum, other kids will think you're not okay. So I say ADHD. And I think that that is just, just the most instructional statement from a very bright, bright kid who just knows that Right now, people don't do as well. And we need to expand that definition of what is okay and what people are and how we think. And that there's, it's just a different part and a different way. It's highly mislabeled too. Like yeah. ASD is the yeah. 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 So, so but, but there is more. <clears throat> and then, you know, he's in an out of district placement and another community in Ohio. So it's not. Medicaid specific were kids who are in a separate classroom. So even they are internalizing these adult messages. The country needs education and we can start, we can't educate the country, but we can educate our community and the schools and the parents. Because it's not just the kids, it's what they go to both and it's what they see at home. And it's the amount of norming that we that we do, that we decide what's kind of the straight ahead norm when really, like, yeah, you won't run into any place where everybody is so, is exactly the same, you know? We tend to, I think, sometimes think that way. There are wonderful programs out there that we've been researching as a CPAC and um, understanding our differences that run out of Newman mm -hmm. is an excellent program. Uh, that I went through when I was a child, uh, and I still remember it. Uh, elementary school, I remember doing it. So there's just things out there. Uh, it's another thing to really look into. But thank you for your time. Absolutely, yeah, thank you for your And I'm sorry that we've had to take up so much of it. That's our fault. It's not supposed to be what it is. That's what we're here for. We're here for the, that's why we're here. Thanks. Um, do I have any public input? Anybody who could compliment elegant <laughs> presentation or who would like to stand up? I'd be very happy to hear from you too. Do you I want to stand up? Or you want to? I apologize. Um, I have to excuse myself. Thank you. Leo has to leave us for uh, work. Oh, okay. Well, we still have quorum, but Leo has to leave and Tim needs to
moment. What we were going into next is actually Mary's tiered focus monitoring. Um, Mary, uh, do we have the technical stuff going? No. Um, so, so would you like to draw? That's great. I um. Would you like us to kind of? Well, so in one of the very few times, no one here will be able to see what I'm talking about, but those in the great world of Zoom will be able to. So I'm going to share my screen here. Um, I'm happy to just add in some extra words for anybody else that uh, does not have what I'm showing. So hold on one minute. So that the Zoom world thing here. <laughs> Yes, nice. if, you, if you look really carefully, you can see it on the screen here. Flexibility is the name of the game. Thank you very much. Um, oh, look, we have multiple options here. <laughs> Get close, stay cozy in a nice COVID-friendly way. <laughs> Um, so thank you very much, everyone. Um, and Mary Bull, Director of Student Services, as uh, most people know, but those in the Zoom world do not. Um, and I'm here to talk about tiered focused monitoring. Um, so this is a process that Medfield Public Schools, or every public school district in the state of Massachusetts goes through. It was formally called the Coordinated Program Review, which um, we affectionately referred to as CPR, uh, not the nursing related CPR, but um, you know, CPR that we've gone through for many, many years. Um, every six years, Medfield Public Schools was assessed on all um, six, or on all standards uh, kind of completely. They did visits, they did interviews, all of that. That process changed um, and it is now tiered focused monitoring, both cycle A and B. And Medfield Public Schools, because we have went through a full CPR in 2018, Medfield Public Schools was slotted into uh, the Group B, which had 18 civil rights standards and 10 special education standards. For those of you that can see the slides, there's a nice little wheel um, that kind of explains exactly um, the process and what is involved. Um, so. In year four, it, says, it talks about self-assessment, year five, on-site monitoring and reporting, and year six, continuous monitoring. So the next slide that goes through all of the civil rights standards that we were assessed in um, for this current cycle. So again, I'm not going to list them all out. I'm happy to share slides with anyone that cannot visually see it right now. You don't have to admit what your vision level is if you're having difficulty with the screen or the paper. Um, but I can share anything. These are all of the assessments that are the standards that we were assessed for civil rights. And then the next slide goes through the special education standards that we were assessed in as well. So each district is also assigned a tier. Um, and these tiers are based off of um, the, and then our technical assistant is, is monitored based off of that. So these are based off of your own risk assessment that is designated by the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. And it's typically used by the accountability level and then the special education determination along with risk factors, such as problem resolution system complaint data, and public school monitoring report data. So previous reports from the past that were going through the CPR cycle. So for Medfield, we were assigned tier two, which is a directed improvement or low risk with risk assessment data indicating low risk in areas 
associated with student outcomes. 70 to 80% of districts fall in tier one or tier two. So the components that are uh, part of the process, they do interviews of administrative, instructional and support staff. They also do interviews with the um, PAC representatives, and then they do observations of classrooms and all other facilities. Um, and they kind of walk through a, a sampling of things. And then the final piece is surveys of, uh, that they send out to students with disabilities, uh, parents of students with disabilities. <clears throat> And then after all of this is done on their end, they set you up with a continuous monitoring program. And so that again is based off of what tier you were assigned in the beginning. We were assigned tier two. So we have a continuous improvement monitoring plan or a SIMP. Um, and that basically is Desi loves acronyms, so we always have them. Um, so the SIMP plan, we work directly with Desi to kind of look at any findings that they had and to map out a plan for how we're going to solve that. So the timeline for Medfield in particular, that's kind of the overall new process of what TFM is. For Medfield Public Schools in the spring of 2021, we completed our self-assessment, which means for those 28 standards that they identified, we need to provide evidence based off of exactly what they're asking for. So some of them, they say you need to provide X, Y, Z, A, B, and C. And then we are also able to kind of provide over and above that if we feel that we have examples or things that we want to showcase that also meet the standard that they may not have asked for. All of those get uploaded one by one into the system to show that we have evidence of everything that they've requested. And then uh, that is shared with the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, and they review that. So we uploaded in uh, the spring of 2021, and in fall of 2021, the department connects back with us and offers technical assistance. So this basically is a kind of feedback on our self-assessment. And then I met weekly with our, or every other week with our review chairperson from the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education um, from October 8th until January 3rd. Every other week we met, had conversations, discussed what we were doing within the district, went through um, any changes that we were making, updated pro um, policies that were on <coughs> the works, everything that we were doing in order to demonstrate compliance in all areas within this. Um, on the week of 11-29, so right after Thanksgiving, we decided that if we had sent it right before Thanksgiving, it might not um, have hit as many people in the mailbox uh, that people would notice. So we waited till right after Thanksgiving. Jesse sent out uh, their survey to all parents to receive feedback uh, directly about Medfield Public Schools. And then during the week of January 3rd, they were on site, which included tours of all five buildings. Um, they started off with kind of very brief, we just want to be able to see um, about five to 10 minutes worth of the buildings. Um, the morning of, <laughs> it turned into, you know, we have about 45 minutes to 60 minutes per building, um, and we want to see absolutely everything. So I can't um, thank <laughs> everyone in the buildings enough. Um, I was walking around with two people that no one had met um, in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> all masked, everything, um, in order to, you know, make sure that they were able to see everything. Um, administration was incredible. Um, the faculty were phenomenal and the students were fabulous. Um, I mean, that was all they kept saying at the end of the tours that, um, you know, the, it was wonderful seeing the building. It was wonderful seeing the administration, but they couldn't get 
overseeing the students in action and how amazing they were in interacting with the adults as they came in, um, with how polite they were in the hallways, with how um, engaged they were with the work that they were completing. So it was really wonderful, you know, to just kind of see that uh, myself and to kind of see it from outside eyes as well. It was just a regular day because just, they had yes. told us, as Mary said, they were just going to stop five minutes, check yes, in. So no one. And when they, it was one person and then two arrived and they, they met with Mary and I at the beginning. And they said, no, we want to we want to go to every classroom and we want to see everything. So mm -hmm. um, they got to see it you know, unannounced and it was great. Yes. And they came back and the feedback was really, really positive. So. It was it was great to hear. Um, they also did interviews. Um, thank you, Kristen and Catherine, both here uh, with our CPAC chair and vice chair. Um, and then they did interviews with myself and Dr. Marston as well. So the only um, finding that they found during this process um, was for um, CR10B, which is bullying intervention and prevention. So for the district, we do not have a staff code of conduct um, that addresses the responsibility of staff when responding to instances of bullying and addressing the bullying of students by a school staff member. Um, it's important to note that we do have the information in all of our staff training. So every staff member goes through a training on the bullying intervention plan in the beginning of every year. And this is a key component to it and stresses all of this. It's also part of our policy and part of our plan, but um, of the bullying intervention and prevention, but it is not part of a separate code of conduct for staff, which then would be reflected in our code of conduct, um, staff code of conduct policy as well. So what Jesse is asking is that we take the language and the slides and everything that we use for those trainings and that are already a part of our bullying intervention um, plan and take that and put it into um, a wider staff code of conduct and then use that staff code of conduct to guide our policy. So we have until December of 2022, uh, we have two check-in points, one being in September, and then the final one being in December to showcase that we're developing this staff code of conduct and that we're putting it in play to help develop a um, policy as well. And that's it. It was a long process, but it was- I wanted to know <laughs> what a director of student services does when she's not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kid to kid conduct. Teach, you know, professional development teachers. Anything else? Mary is talking to Desi. Yes, a lot of. I mean, I just want to add that you know this was a ton of work, and Mary Huge. did Mary did an incredible job with it, and you know just the meetings alone, and 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 as you know, bringing stuff back to you yeah. with, with policies and other you know other interventions that we need. I mean, just did a phenomenal job. So I can't thank her enough for for leading that that process and. Um, the zillion hours you put into it. So thank and you even starting from the CPR, which I literally was at that day meeting one. where we all sat down at Memorial yeah. School and Jeff was like, you know, we've got a meeting today. Would you like to come? And I'm like, sure. Yeah. And knowing the amount of work and how far this has come, what you have done in so many ways and your staff to really kind of flesh this out and really go through this process. I want to thank you very much um, and to kind of get to the point where you, the finding is is that you need to put uh, this bucket of paper into a different bucket of paper you know which i know sounds a little uh, reductionist but it's to some extent the things that we are doing we now just have to put in a different form to tell people that we are doing them and that's that's a really amazing outcome 
Because yeah, there are many districts that have many, many harder roads to hoe on their own. Yes, it's exciting. I think we have a lot of um, exciting changes and things going in play. Um, and the department was excited to see a lot of them as well. Um, so, you know, I can't thank, as I said, staff, administration, everyone. This process is, Jeff had mentioned, is massive. Um, and so just going through it, the amount of time and um, support that I had from every person in this district, I can't tell how many times I feel like, you know, oh, oh, I need help with this, 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 and this. Or, um, you know, that morning, literally sending text messages to the principals being like, they're delayed at this school. We're going to be at this school. They need a lunch. They haven't had water. They have to, <laughs> you know. Um, people were just so flexible. Um, learning center teachers, specialists, everyone had it in the classrooms, um, students, like they said, it, you should be proud of your kids. They were phenomenal that day. They're phenomenal every day, but um, you know, it was great for them to get the recognition of all the work they're doing. Or the amount of times Mary put this on the leadership agenda. I know. Go, oh. I think Jeff's glad that it's gone just so you don't put it on leadership agenda. No, I, <laughs> I would leave it open ended and just say a TFM update. Yes. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Do you guys have any questions for Mary? Thank you. Thank you. Does anybody in the audience have any public comment that they would like to make? Come sit down or anything about this process for the public comment. Thanks, Mary. No? All right. Well, okay. So the next item up for business is uh, let's go to you, Hilly, which is the Medfield Energy Committee presentation. I need a little bit of technical assistance because I need power on my laptop. It's a oh. little aging, and so I'm yeah. going to see if I could pull it over there a little bit. Okay, this over this yeah, would you mind? Yeah. Little... This is also part of Perry's mm -hmm. job. Right. This is embarrassing. Energy committee needs battery help. <laughs> yeah, but we're not judging we're around here. You can. You think we can get it there? Oh, we can. Right. Uh, could you promote me so I can share? Oh. I'm sorry. Owen needs to promote. Oh, somebody needs to promote. Oh, okay. I can do it. I can do it. Do you want me to do it? It's in here. And we truly hope that it works better for you. <laughs> well, yes. Yes. now nobody can see what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think, did you just get the. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, you disable screen sharing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let me use this slide deck in the And I do want to let the, I um, sent it to the people the out there. Thank you. Okay. One second, please. Love to see it. Uh, do you want to just go on to Zoom right now? And, no, I don't think I can. Can you do it? Deck share? I, I sent it to your official email. Okay, was it last week? Yeah, that's just a letter though, right? Yeah, I just got a letter and I never got a. I don't have a slide deck. Though. I got I, a, um, I, I sent a recording of some sort. So, and then you said that you would have the slide deck later. But you, I mean, you no, can get no, it. No, I, right? I sent something to your official email like at 68. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. A letter, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm human too. <laughs> we are extraordinary. Is it letting you share? Silly. 
It, no, it's a, it's a PowerPoint. And I just sent it to, I, I can send it to you right now. No, 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 I, I can. I see something from Hilly, but. Oh, oh yeah. Presentation? Yeah. Hold up, folks. Okay, I've got word doc here. All right. Uh, oh, no, I have a letter. I do not have a. Oh. Okay. No. Sorry. Sure. Yeah, if you want to send it out, that's great. So, okay, thank you all for, um, and I'll just take this moment to say that uh, Tim Knight and Leo Brem both had to leave for uh, different reasons. Tim was not expecting to leave, but did. Leo uh, had to take a call because he's very important on the West Coast. So um, he came here for the first part of the meeting to, to be able to hear the CPAC presentation and be able to do executive session. It was an unable to be here for the rest of the time. So um, I think Anna Mae, Megan, and I can pretty much fix everything from here. And uh, we will soldier on. And what Hilly is doing right now is uh, emailing us the uh, slide deck of her presentation so that we can have it in our uh, records as well. And then she'll share. She, she sent it on February 28th. No, I just sent something right now. The school chair. Was it embedded in there? Okay. Well, no, that was a that was a different previous thing. presentation. I cut it back. Oh. You know, Madam Chair gave me ten minutes. So I gave her ten minutes. minutes. <laughs> I was very structured about what we knowing that sometimes things take a little longer than you think they might. I I have eleven slides, and I'm gonna. <laughs> So you just let us know when we can have those to you. Yeah, just go next. So I, I said it to start you. and I'll okay, so, so first of all, thank you for having me here tonight to present uh, the Town of Medfield Climate Action Plan draft. Um, and uh, I really like what I've heard so far this evening because it really is in line with, with what we are thinking. We're doing this climate work exactly for the same reason that you are on the school committee and you're an educator we're working for the next generation and um, we really have to keep that in mind as we go ahead and we all know that there's uh, a climate crisis it's it's really an emergency um just last monday there was a report released by the un on how bad it is worse than when we thought and um we really need to plan for this we really need to get our act together and i just See this, you know, we're, we're considering all a whole child and the whole child education and community education all being um, a part of our task. So this is really in line with what we're thinking too. Um, so the our work really began last year in May at town meeting. The town residents uh, voted overwhelmingly, near unanimously, to support the Massachusetts State Climate Goals. Uh, and to encourage uh, the town to to take action in furthering of the Massachusetts uh, of the Medfield now Medfield climate goal, which is to limit greenhouse gas pollution to 50% by 2030 
and to reach net zero by 2050. Um, obviously, tonight uh, in my 10 minutes, I can only scratch the surface of what we're thinking and what we're planning, uh, but I really appreciate, appreciate the ability to talk to you at all. And um, this is gonna be a 20 year long transition that requires a lot of leadership, a lot of collaboration, vision, strategic planning, and hard work. And I really look forward to working with all of you on implementing this. Tonight, uh, what I'm really looking forward in the short term is um, we're hoping to, to have a draft ready within a week or two uh, and get it to you. And I would like to have comments on that because the more input we have, uh, the more we can it make it robust and uh, make it workable. And uh, in the process, if you could also share the town's ideas on how the district is planning to reach net, reach net, the net zero goal. Because you know we have not had this conversation and it would be great to have. In the medium and long term, um, we do um, look forward to ongoing engagement and collaboration with the, with the school uh, and with other stakeholders. Uh, we're hoping that the school would also engage in very in, in leadership in this process, uh, the way you're engaging in leadership in other processes in community and, and student education. Um, and, and other towns uh, have uh, started, other schools, districts have recognized that leadership at the highest level in climate action is beneficial to the students, the community, and uh, also in, in the use of resources, given that the, the most school districts own about 50, about 70 to 80% of the town's resources, land, uh, buildings, employees. Um, and it would be great if this, the, there would be ways to figure out how to make climate planning part of the school's policies and long-term plan policy and strategic planning. So those are the sort of ideas that we're having. In uh, detail, our action plan, uh, what we, we decided to focus on the next five to eight years because this is really where we as a humankind really make to have to make an, an impact if we really want to limit uh, greenhouse gas you know the, the global warming that's happening and so we're focusing on the highest impact areas where the, where technology is available that can be usefully implemented uh, most of those come right now with incentives and rebates so they're economically uh, can be implemented, and um, they fall in the areas of renewable energies, buildings, and transportation. Now, in, I have engaged in the last eight months, I just think of you, this was a really arduous process with talking to a lot of people um, about this, and what I've heard back from the community again and again is that they feel the town must lead by example, and the school being part of the town, I think, uh, is something that should really be considered. Conceptually, um, we, we will continually uh, want to uh, reduce uh, the greenhouse gas emissions in all these three areas in renewable energy buildings and transportation. It's not going to be a, a straight progress, but it's going to be stepwise, sometimes with large impact, sometimes it's harder. And we actually think if we can make a huge impact in the next eight years to 2030, we have a lot of low hanging fruit. Whereas at the end, it may be harder to get carbon reduction because those are the packing areas that are more difficult to tackle. So in the area of renewable energy, 
the goals that we set is to um, produce more energy locally and also to resource the remaining electricity by renewable resources. I know you can't see the, the slide, um, but, the, <laughs> but the goals are really that uh, by 2030, 100% of the municipal power should come from renewable resources. Um, and also that 100% of the properties in the town wherever appropriate should have solar installations. Um, and we can go into the details later of how, how we are thinking about this. In terms of buildings, uh, the school is already working with us. Amy has, does a fantastic job thinking about uh, energy reduction and, and maintenance. Um, we are well aware that those are large, complex buildings and that it's going to be harder than most homes to achieve some of these savings or a little more delayed, but uh, we still have to continue talking and thinking about this. So the strategy there is to reduce the overall use of energy in buildings, that is make, making buildings more efficient. And of course, we were delighted to see that the new school was going to be net zero and that we were ready. And we hope that concept will continue to be there. And um, for the rest of the buildings, it's, it's hard to retrofit, but whenever there are major repairs, we would really encourage that energy efficiency measures would be considered to the greatest extent. Um, and the other part is to replace fossil fuels with electricity. Um, like everywhere, the state is, is making electricity more and more renewable on the grid. So the more we use electricity, the lower our carbon footprint. And um, the hope is that all or the whole town, town administration, including the school, will move to 100% renewable source electricity by 2030. And that goal we have for the residential sector too, just to tell you, I took that out of the slides, but uh, we're working on different strategies for each of those sectors. And transportation, um, we have uh, two objectives as well. One is to electrify uh, the municipal vehicles, and the other is to enhance low carbon mobility around town. And I think uh, that is really an exciting topic for the school. Uh, the electrification of vehicles is really hot right now. So uh, the electrification of municipal vehicles, we don't have a specific target, not largely because it's part of a rolling turnover in the different departments. And uh, not all vehicles have an electric option right now because some of them are heavy duty and specialized vehicles. So that is, we can't set a specific goal for that. Um, but we do have to think about uh, uh, investing in char uh, charging infrastructure or planning for charging infrastructure. Um, and I mitigate this because really the, char the, the, the cost of this right now is extremely low. Eversource is, um, is ready to pay for the, the trenching or the, the hardware to, to put the, um, you know, to, 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 to cable it. But, uh, and then there's a make ready program that would pay or bring communities that pays for the hardware, the charging hardware. So it is really, it makes a lot of sense for us to forge forward and try and get as much of that money as we can at this point. Because we don't know, obviously over the years, how much of this will be available, but it's clear that electric vehicles will be um, the major form of transportation in 10, 15 years. 
And in fact, most of you may know that by 2035, there won't be any uh, combustion engine cars available in Massachusetts anymore by now, only electric vehicles. So um, the priority action there is to follow the green communities criteria for uh, if, um, gas mileage on those vehicles that we acquire, um, develop departmental multi-year plans on when to uh, turn all the vehicles so we can plan for the electrification of those vehicles, um, integrate that in the capital budget, and of course pursue uh, electric uh, vehicle buses and grant opportunities that are really, really hot right now. Um, we know that Governor Baker is sitting on 67 million from the uh, EW diesel settlement. Uh, the e EPA in April will open up grant opportunities for 17 million in uh, electric vehicles, uh, electric school buses only. The infrastructure bill has $9 billion, and the White House just yesterday released a white paper, and electric buses are a major part of that um, initiative. So we really have to think about how to get ready to you know, when the when the grant open to do it. And I know there's going to be discussion on this is not an easy issue, I understand that. But again, we need to talk about this and make a plan. And this is why I'm here. I'm, I want to offer that uh, help to because we're connected with, uh, you know, opportunities with experts, and we're willing to uh, do some of that legwork for you. Um, and finally, uh, the last uh, item is the enhanced low carbon mobility around town. Um, the school has already uh, implemented the anti-idling uh, law for or informing people about it, which is awesome. And I was excited to see the late bus um, on the on the budget for the next year. I think there's there is a, a scope to think about um, how to reduce car traffic at schools in general. And uh, one way we're talking about the whole town now is to encourage bike use and walking. Uh, that includes planning efforts, obviously, maybe bike sheds um, on, on school properties, but also I think there's real scope for education, safety and bike use education for, for the parents as well as for the kids. Um, coming from Europe, I know that like in Germany, it's, it's part of the curriculum in the fourth grade to get a bike license and actually learn the rules of the streets so that kids are a little safer. Um, so again, uh, in summary, what what do you do? We feel the schools can do. So after tonight, I really would uh, like to get comments from you and uh, have a conversation about the, the plan that we are proposing. And school is only a small part of it, but uh, as I mentioned earlier, I really think as part of our care for our young people and especially the mental health aspect of climate anxiety in our youth and young adults, the only way to help them increase their resiliency is to see that it's possible to take action and that action is being taken. And the school would be well-placed to model taking action and empowering people and allowing kids to learn how to take action, how to take information home. Large part of what we are proposing in our plan is to provide education and resources. And you know, you have the soapbox to, you have the ear of large parts of midfield. Uh, 
you know, about what, three and a half thousand students every day in your care and all their parents um, getting the emails. And, and if you think about this, this plan, 2050, nearly all of the kids that are in your care right now will be parents. So this is this is really, you know, as a parent, I feel very strongly about this. This is not for us necessarily, but we we have to shoulder that responsibility right now. So, um, you know, I have a summary slide now. I hope Jeff will be able to look at that sometime. Um, but I I would really encourage conversations uh, between us and you. And uh, a lot of other stakeholders, uh, you know, from other towns that we have made contact with, I would encourage leadership role at the highest level at the school, whether that's you know one of you here, um, and to bring in students, staff, you know, experts to to hammer these things out. This is this is really a long process that I'm inviting you to. So thank you. And any thank questions? You. I appreciate it. A couple of reactions on this. Yes. Um, so thank you. Lydia. This is really good stuff. And I think, you know, my heart breaks a little bit because everything you just described was in the new school, right? Everything yeah. that you described, everything it, was there. It's, it's everywhere. Um, I mean, it's so that, residentials, we have the same issue everywhere. Right. So that that was, you know, that's kind of a little tough to hear. So um, I, I understand that that so we brought you guys in right from the beginning of the project and wanted your input because we know we wanted to go in this direction. So we want to continue working together. Um, I think that's an important piece. I know that we've talked about solar canopies in the parking lots as, as a way to start getting into the solar, um, you know, purchase agreements with, with other companies and those types of things. Um, I think the electric um, buses are something that's going to take a lot of a lot of talk, a lot of dialogue. Um, you know, we had done some research where a diesel bus is about ninety thousand dollars, electric bus is like three hundred thousand. We have 20 buses, so we have to really think about how that would work. We we contract that in from and, and so, you know I don't you, you, you and I have talked about this. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's something that the rest of the world right. You know, so yeah. we need to kind of look at that and how that would how it would work. But I think we're we're certainly you know positioned to partner with you guys and do some of this work. Definitely. Yeah. So if we could find some structured way of setting up a group that can regularly talk and mm -hmm. farm mm -hmm. out, you know assignment or something that'd be really awesome so i don't know if you saw on twitter but one of the snowstorms um, one of our trucks caught on fire i was going to yeah. say this is an excellent way right. for us to renew yeah well our... no no this, this is where it's going so we yeah. when that happened michael and i looked into it say can we replace that with an electric truck because i know ford's making those now um and they stopped production of those for the moment oh, and wow. it was about two years up so not sure we can wait two years for another truck, but I think those are the kinds of things that we're thinking about now. Because and as it's the technology gets better, is the torque there? Is there the ability to be able to use those trucks? Those, you know, like we're really talking about some very high power. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And and I also know with the school buses, you know, because we don't own them and we don't know where Conley stands on on this, but. Um, we've initiated. I, I kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I mean, part of that would be it's, also. It's a green thing, but I'm not sure it's the same green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, you know, to to maybe band together with the other 14 districts that Honolulu serves, and say, yeah. you know, just start with whatever 10 vehicles, and you know, and not everybody will have charging stations. That the other thing, you know, obviously bus parking is something that. The school district will have to discuss independently anyway. Um, 
but um, you know, I think there there's scope to bring in partners from out, uh, other towns, and um, we've also found a like a middleman, a, a, a nonprofit that is willing to negotiate the grant writing process, which apparently is not that easy either, um, because it's you know different different people involved, different uh, agencies, and and they would facilitate that transition to to uh, electric buses uh, for school districts. And they've already done that in Beverly and I've been trying to get in touch with their transportation director, but I haven't reached him yet. Mm -hmm. So, so Beverly owns their own buses, right? Sorry? They have their, Beverly has their own I think busing. So, yeah, they have a yeah, so they own all of theirs. Yeah. And the only reason I know this is because of school committee professional development. Like, <laughs> conference on busing. But, but the they point I'm trying to make is- And Beverly has one of our yeah, so it's you know, um, it our, starts with one, right? Yeah, it starts with one percent better is better than no percent. I have I have a couple questions. This are you guys, and then I'll open it up to. Um, can you tell me just uh, factually where uh, currently New England's grid? Where are we getting our power, and what kind of power is it? Is it mostly hydroelectric at this point? No. Is it so? Tell me where so most, kind of the renewable energy stream comes from, yeah. and then how we actually possibly control that. Right. Um, not kind of putting solar up and windmills. And yeah, yeah. So, um, so the transition to um, lower carbon electricity started in two thousand and eight. Mm -hmm. uh, at which point, coal and gas, uh, mm -hmm. coal and oil, was phased out. So between two thousand and eight and twenty twenty. Um, it's estimated that the carbon reduction in Massachusetts, the emission was about 25%. That was the goal and we just barely reached it. Mostly based on using gas instead of oil and coal. So it's a little disingenuous to say that it's renewable energy. Sources but it's, it's we're all in a transition. You right, know, we right. didn't start in 1991 with a yeah. MacBook, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. It, is, it is a transition. Um, so, so right now, uh, so in, at the same time, of course, renewable increased, um, uh, and that includes solar, that includes some nuclear, and some hydroelectric. The, the large hydroelectric uh, contract with Canada is um, not gone through yet, uh, but it's in the works. And of course, once the wind, uh, Cape wind starts, that's going to be a major contributor too. So, so that the increase in renewables is not linear, but you know, goes in steps too. Right. Um, the I don't actually know what how it is municipal, but uh, I know for residential, uh, the state mandated a two percent increase every year on average of renewables, and I think right now we're around twenty percent. Uh, in effect, I think we're a little higher, depending on whether you count nuclear or not as renewable. It's a huge discussion. Um, and uh, so about, and I think most of the time it's about 60, 65% is gas, depending on the usage, mm -hmm. which also explains why our, our bills are so high right now, because gas prices are through the roof. And until we get more renewables, we are hooked on the gas price. And, and especially the, um, you know how I talked about uh, renewable electricity storage in municipal buildings. So what is really <clears throat> expensive is the, the gas peakers to, you know, to fire up the gas generator at peak hours during the day. 
And that really dictates, that's the most expensive way of making electricity, and it dictates the sort of price, the floor of the price mm -hmm. of electricity. So if we can, as a state, you know, Eversource is pushing that, and there's going to be incentives. Actually, there's already been incentives for that there. If we can store more renewable energy and reduce the gas peakers, that would really help the gas price, or the electricity price, too. Um. And then the second thing I was uh, asking, uh, I assume that the the town itself is working with the uh, kind of Metro West Municipal. Yeah, um, MAPC, yeah, we are yes. working with them, yeah. And so you're partnering with them and have uh, those towns had uh, kind of any kind of uh, kind of workshop or kind of round table on how their schools are managing some of these things and is that an avenue in which uh, municipalities both school and town side can be coming together to understand different ways of how you can fit some of these things into what is traditionally enormously tight budgets whether yeah because they're you know I, I think that the um my personal like uh, financial theory for medfield is that there is no cavalry very few organizations feel as though medfield is with its uh, income is uh, is eligible essentially, or as in much need as other organizations, as other towns. And I respect that, you know, we have a different tax structure, which makes things hurt a lot more. Um, but when they're looking at grants for electric busing, um, which I don't expect to go to a for-profit organization like Conway, or when they're looking at grants for solar and things like that are there resources where you can you know like pull together enough money from all organizations to be able to do a grant writer who can then work for all of those work for an entire area and how we use those resources because i think you know every part of this is exactly what i do and yet i have to tell you that my my car is 11 years old i'd rather let it dry for a while because I'm not willing to invest in electric yet because I need to know that I can get, you know, 500 miles to my mom. Yeah. No. So, so there's this kind of transitional um, technology issue, mm -hmm. and then there's also a significant cost issue. Well, and right now, and we how do we work those things out? Right, and the chip shortage and yeah, yeah. you know the war and the chips and, yeah. and the war and yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I, and so, so this is an interesting idea. So we have not, I have not interacted with other school, other town schools. Um, mm -hmm. I know that in Dover, for example, uh, there is a, basically what the energy committee does is located at the high school uh, through their sustainability task force. Mm -hmm. um, the students actually are bringing the, um, you know, what, what we had the climate emergency uh, declaration to town meeting uh, this spring. Um, they may not have the technology, the, the, the technical experts that we do because we have amazing resources in that field. There's mm -hmm. a lot of professionals that are, have a lot of years of energy um, work in, in various fields. So this is really something that is, is very special. We have networked extensively. Every nearly every day we're networking somewhere regionally, but mostly with the sort of same level of organizations. Um, so that is maybe something that we can work with you uh, on contacting other schools and say, where are you, what can we do, especially, you know, talking about the buses and the 50 customers that Connolly has, 
to see how we can, as a group, maybe slowly encourage that transition. I mean, I, just from my perspective and in, in my experience with other districts and, and my colleagues, they're all doing it the way we're going to do it as part of a building project, right? Mm -hmm. Because you get that reimbursement from the state and it's a big upfront expense. So if you're going to get part of that paid for by the state, it makes total sense to do it at that point. So a lot of the newer buildings that are being built mm -hmm. all around us are you know, incorporating that. So I think, you know, I could talk to, to them and see, but it, it's, it'd be interesting to see later on the agenda, you know, where we're going with the new elementary, if, if anywhere, and I, you know, how we incorporate that into the new building. So. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. But yeah, I, as I said earlier, we really need to, if we could find a structure of regularly talking <laughs> for, for a little bit. And uh, so if we don't talk, we, we can't address the, the, the problem, you know, and I think that would be a good start to assign tasks and uh, think about strategic goals and, you know, uh, how to and we are, the community, uh, how to care for our children. Yeah. So we do have a strategic plan process that is going to start in the fall. And you know, we will be doing kind of community, uh, you know, I'm sorry, anime finding my word. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's irony. Um, I actually like public forms, you don't know this. But yes, uh, so we'll be doing public forms, we'll be doing uh, and as people are kind of talking to us about what their priorities are around building around. You know, kind of future understanding, future mapping. Then we'll be kind of thinking and developing those goals within the strategic plan. And I know it all spoken of that it's needs all of them as well. Yeah, so. yeah it'd be great to have an idea of what let us do ahead of and advertise it too. You know, because this, I really think our kids need to know that we're taking action. Percent. I mean, we are stewards of this earth we live on. So I, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, and I, I hope, try not to lament on the school that we lost. Um, but, you know, um, so hopefully the next school, however it manifests, will, um, I think there's momentum in the town, you know, but there is that uh, slight, how much is this gonna cost? But hopefully, you know, with, the education you you guys do an amazing job Lincoln Sullivan is an amazing leader and um it's it and as you said a few minutes ago the talent on your committee so uh, thank you for for all you've been doing and right back <laughs> and I just wanted to add I mean this might be a no-brainer but uh, I'm sure if you haven't already the environmental club at the high school would really like to talk to you um and if I mean we are doing this for our children. Yeah. They're doing no, it for their children and got some really superstar kids running that. Um, we do, but um, I think, you know, they are limited for that time. So that's also why I'm proposing to have a sort of task force that brings in parents and teachers and students so that the students can have sounding board and offload some of the tasks because we all know that high schoolers are, you know, their time is very limited. They're really, really chock full of activities, but they they should be able to participate in that. So it would be great to have some sort of. But there have to be adults in the room. Work right. we yeah, but, just, but I, I really do think. But we, I think you're right. It should have really high level leadership, so that you know it, it doesn't stay in the room. Mm -hmm. And we have student representation within that so that they're feeling better as well. And I, I do understand when you uh, talked about climate anxiety. I do know actually that that's a. Uh, concern of 
a great many um, clinicians right now. They're, it's uh, something that people are thinking about almost all the time. Some people to the point where it, you know, it disables them. Right. And but, not only our children, but also the young adults, once they go out, out of our care, it's, uh, they have to make life decisions um, that are severely affected by this. And, and as you said, people get paralyzed or worse, you know, and there's national statistics that show that. And I think we have very great responsibility there. Thank you, Billy. Appreciate Thank it. You. And we will uh, tell me you in your first or second letter to me, you said that uh, the has the action plan yeah, been so released yet? We were supposed to have it ready by the end of March, and I'm pushing my work groups to give me the draft. And hopefully, by in a couple of weeks, hopefully you have a draft, but it's not a public draft yet. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 been a long journey. I was thinking when you said it's a lot of work to reach out to people. <laughs> Thank you very much. Indeed. Thank you very Thank much. You. I appreciate you coming tonight. I appreciate your time. We will uh, we will do more than just take it under advisement. We'll uh, put together something and keep on talking. Thank you. Uh, do I have any public input on the uh, on Hilly's presentation to the district? Okay. Um, our next. Uh, item is um, the new school committee member. We know that we will have at least one new school committee member coming up. And yeah, sorry, Megan, yourself comfy for another meeting or so. Um, and conceivably two. So I wanted to have a conversation. What? Oh, go ahead. I, I wanted to have a conversation, I guess, with just NMA. Um, <laughs> sorry, folks. About and I know I had actually spoken to you individually, Anime, about uh, whatever or whomever comes in, uh, kind of working out not only a more structured kind of onboarding process than I think any of us experienced because the first year and a half, sometimes two, and maybe your whole term of school committee is kind of like drinking from a fire hose. So setting, uh, having you act in kind of a mentorship reflective uh, role for new members as they come in, um, while as a full committee, we are trying to support them in terms of roles, responsibilities, um, so that they can feel more involved and more active more quickly, instead of just feeling like they're kind of getting their feet under them. Um, and we had been doing some work on that prior to the pandemic and then it was difficult to keep that going. But we do have a lot of we have a kind of we have a, yeah. good a good structure yeah. to we it. When we've got things mapped out and right. so there's there's that. Yeah. So I, I you know unfortunately because these guys had to leave, I can't really get a, a robust discussion going around this. But um the other thing I would like to do is within that first month, say April, I'd like to bring the MASC, which is the Massachusetts Association for School Committees, and have them come in and do kind of a school committee 101 open public workshop so that we're all hearing the same thing that they're talking about. Our new member is able to be here, or members are able to be here for that. But also, it is recorded and taped so that when um, 
I feel like there is a, a disconnect in the community about what it is that school committees are charged with, what our roles are, how Medfield may be different than say Alliston or Hopkinton and how we op operate. Um, so I thought it would be a, a nice idea to invite either Dorothy Presser or our new representative, I think it's Jim. He's here. Jim Harden? Yeah. He's, in the room. he's back. Oh, he's he's back. Uh, he hasn't been here for a while. We had uh, done a reorg. I well, uh, the person who we were working with uh, previously no longer was with the organization. Oh, okay. So, and then Dorothy was it for a little bit, and before Dorothy was Jim. But in any case, he hasn't been out for a while. Obviously, um, if he's been off the kind of our thing for a while, um, and I just wanted to kind of talk to both of you actually about what. Would you think that, that would be a good idea with that? I think it's genius. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. but I don't often get called no, because I, I, And also, it's just going to use that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> exactly. You're, really, you're wicked smart. <laughs> wicked. And then it's stuff, something to refer to. And I think it's just healthy. And you yeah. know, it's part, part of our professional development well, as well. Awesome. Yeah. To, to, to the reminders. And it's communication so that, you know, people are able to then find, you know, they're like, what, what the heck does a school committee person do? Or why are you up there? Or why aren't you fixing my bus? Or whatever it is, it's, you can watch it and see kind of what, what the roles yeah. are. I mean, I think that we're a pretty hands-on school committee. I know many other school committees uh, that are much more hands-off. Um, but I think that speaks to the kind of culture of our town. Um, but it would be good to have like a an educational session so everybody can see about kind of a baseline of what oh, I love that school teams do. So good. that would be okay with you if I call George and set that up. Okay. Um, Dr. Marston, you're good with that. I know I think it's a great idea. Yeah. It's perfect. And um, would anybody like to make any kind of public comment about that? All right. Um, Fun stuff. The Gene um, McCormick Memorial Scholarship. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. I ask that you approve the release of funds for the Gene McCormick Memorial Scholarship in the amount of $1,165 to Medfield High School 2021 graduate Nolan Franks. Nolan is um, his transcript is there. Okay. So you can see that. Um, doing very well. Doing very well. Go Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yes. Oh, my God. They were here. So we do this whenever there's a scholarship, once we get the transcript and the town can release those funds to the, to the mm -hmm. students. And so without your vote, you can't, they can't do that. So please. And uh, sorry, I mean, I was, we're running late. No. Okay, so uh, do I hear a motion to release the funds from the Gene McCormick Memorial Scholarship in the amount of $1,165 to the Medfield High School graduate of 2021, Nolan Franks, for his excellent work at BC. All right, second. And Megan seconds, and all in favor? Aye. Aye. And motion passes unanimously. Congratulations, Thank Nolan. You. And to your parents. Mm -hmm. You can write that just that much little plus check. Okay, are there other items on the agenda or since posting on March 8th, Dr. Marston? I have no Madam Chair. Okay, and we will move on to old business.
Um, what I'd like to do tonight, and I feel comfortable doing this uh, simply because we have all discussed it in workshops multiple times, is uh, going through and doing the consent vote that we were going to do on the standardization of language in our policies. Uh, and we'll go there first. From there, um, we have kind of an attached, uh, we have a, a list of kind of votable policies, ones that we have received absolutely no comment or only positive comments on, most of which being good voted in. Um, so it wasn't kind of appreciable. Is that something I said? <laughs> good night. Thank you all so much for coming. I do appreciate it. And you guys can go too. I'm not going to shame you. I <laughs> <laughs> them. Right. <laughs> hey, listen, this is a high risk sport around here. Um, so, uh, we can do these votable policies, although I actually just looked at two of them and if we do the consent vote, we don't have to do, we don't have to vote on these policies that have had no comment. I know that doesn't quite make sense, but. Um, and then there's a list of policies that uh, people have either requested to be held, and I think that that is worthy of discussion simply because um, some of the, asking for them to be held or the comments are based on kind of a, a misunderstanding of what the policy is versus a, uh, a procedure to be able to enact that policy, you know, and kind of, um, I would not actually consider just discussing those policies. <laughs> Did you pull a fast one on us? I had to take a phone call. Right. <laughs> very important. Um, <laughs> So I guess I feel okay about voting on the, the policies that have had no comments with just the three of us, but I might appreciate a more robust discussion within a workshop or at the next meeting about the policies that have had uh, comments. But so on. probably the ones with comments that we've already discussed, we should discuss in, 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 in a larger, yes, and yeah. not a workshop, just so. No, in a larger meeting, Correct. yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, yes. That's exactly what I'm right. just saying. I'd like to get them through. I'd like to also uh, speak to as why speak to why they were written that way. Correct. Yeah. Where the NASC came up with that, where in the Mass General Laws we have those policies that don't necessarily go into such detail around you know how many meetings you have to attend, and you know, that's more procedural. Beautiful. So um, saying that, and then. Uh, I'd like to do, uh, well, it's actually, again, I'll send around uh, and ask for workshop dates sometime. We could do another one because we had one scheduled for tomorrow, but between the selectmen and tonight, it just seems like we were overwhelming people with meetings. Um, and then I'd like to kind of make a discussion of kind of, just to make sure that I'm closing this part, uh, discussion of next steps and kind of what we need in terms of helping Megan kind of close the loop having been so ably the policy genius of, I used genius, there you go, you got it. But being that Megan has really been holding this, this football for a pretty long time, what, what do we need to do to kind of relieve her of this responsibility before her last meeting? So I just want to get something to put on that. Um, so anyway, I guess what I will do is, uh, ask after I read the list of the standardized terms as a consent vote to cover all policies. Um, 
which allows us to do a lot of changing of specifics without changing the general tone of the policy yet. We can kind of reevaluate the few things that the MASC we feel strongly about through our policies. Um, that I would like to present a consent vote to exchange gendered terms to gender neutral terms. Therefore, they, they, there and chair rather than chairman, he or she it kind of gets in with that uh, specificity out of there. All references to school system or school department should be replaced with school district. All references to parents should be parent or guardian. Uh, proper nouns should be capitalized throughout, i.e. superintendent, school committee when referring to this body or committee when referring to this body, uh, open meeting law, OML, you know, uh, other proper nouns like that, but those are the ones that you see the most. Change all references to protected classes to include the following for the US Department of Ed and DESE policies, which is protected classes which are race, color, sex, gender identity, religion, national origin, sexual orientation, homelessness status, physical and intellectual difference, pregnancy or pregnancy-related disability. All legal references and cross-references should be live links in as much as that is possible. Um, and all MGL legal and cross-policy references should be updated to MASC references. Um, Medfield charter references should remain as appropriate and citing specific chapter and section numbers. So those would be the changes we would make across the entire um, policy manual. Do I hear a motion to accept those changes as presented? So moved. Anne May, you got a second? Okay. And then all in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. That seems like a long list, but it will save us a lot of work. So the next thing that would uh, happen is that we will uh, vote on the policies that um, that we could take a very uncomplicated vote on right now, which would be BB, school committee legal status. And this is all, we've done the second reading for all of this one. BBAA, school committee member authority. BBBC, school committee member resignation. That's a mental only policy, not a mass general law policy. BBBD, school committee member removal from office. Again, that's a medical policy. I am, I knew I was going to clear the room on this one. <laughs> Amazing. My staff members are leaving. All right. Good night. Thank you very much. Um, BBBE, unexpired term fulfillment. Um, and actually, uh, I want to skip and double check on BBA, so I'm not going to go on it quite yet. BE, school committee meetings. This is one of those ones we don't need to vote, but we might as well, but because we just voted the changes in now. BEDA, notification of school committee meetings. And then BEDD and BEDF, we would actually be retaining the original, but just with changes to grammar as we've already voted. So I think we can vote them because there's no harm, no foul, 
but after this, we'll be able to look at the, the risks of what we've done. So do I have any, um, and I quickly, can we quickly look up BDA in the, um, not in the packet, but on the website that we, because um, I it was concerned that maybe uh, in the packet that we sent, maybe the, the wording is a little different, so I'm gonna help me out with that one. I just wanna make sure that I'm dotting my T's and crossing my eyes, so to speak. I had us put up uh, for those out there in TV land, the policy review is now right on the front page of the explorer. <clears throat> so we're looking at EDA. My only concern is okay. Uh, that is, I'm concerned that we didn't put up what we actually, BDA, we had agreed that we would do the, uh, your, the date of when we would do the org um, or election of officers. Oh, as the first meeting before the school year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but what I looked at in the uh, packet, it said it said the election after. Uh, no, well, the MASC one did just as a, but ours says the first one right after the high school graduation. Now we had an extensive conversation about that. So I'm wondering if we should just table that one just to make sure yeah. that we all understand exactly what we're talking yeah. about. Okay. So thank you. I wanted to make sure I wasn't missing something there or that we hadn't translated something. So in the end, I'm going to go through and read the ones that we, that we will vote on right now. Okay. So if we choose to. If we uh, somebody takes the motion, so we will vote tonight on policies BB School Committee legal status, BBA School Committee member authority, BBBC School Committee member resignation, BBBD School Committee member removal from office, BBBE unexpired term fulfillment, BE School Committee meetings. BEDA notification of school committee meetings, uh, BEDD rules of order, and BEDF voting method. Do I hear a motion to accept those policies as proposed? So moved. Okay, so Megan, so moved. Second? Second anime. Second anime, and all in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay, great. Yet another chisel at the many policies that we will need to go through. So um, let's see, the second part of our conversation. Uh, let's see. Um, so I do think this is a larger uh, conversation that we need to have about the list of policies that we have had kind of extensive comments on. You guys probably saw them on the, the Google spreadsheet. Um, because a lot of those are actually pretty much prescribed for the Mass General Law, but I would like to be able to have a, a reading of some of that input. I mean, some of it is like, you just shouldn't do these until the parents talk about them, but 
uh, they kind of are just what they are, you know, um, and we can tweak them one way or another, but they're really so much more hooked into the mass general laws and the best practices for the NIC than being able to kind of largely just um, completely change them. Um, and then, uh, and I actually don't think it's a good idea to schedule a workshop right now. So we'll come to discussion of next steps and handoff. Is there any, oh, because we have Tim and, and yeah, I'm just going down my list. You're right. Be You're right. right. So, uh, discussion of next steps. And Megan, is there anything that you feel like um, we should make sure that uh, we are not missing as we go through this process? Do you have kind of transfer of your records, maybe from you to um, to uh, Andrea or to Tim? Right. Kind of how do we want to, once we get people here, you know, we'll talk about voting in a second. Obviously. I have begun to transfer my stuff over to Tim. Okay. And um, Tim and I had a had our system, so he can help you reorganize it into whatever system. Whatever, you know, however that's going to go with the next policy committee. And then maybe, uh, maybe it would be helpful to have a handoff. Not a handoff meeting, but message, but a meeting with Glenn, Tim, and whoever might be on the, the next iteration of the policy to kind of get that going. Do you know? I, I do you have um, sections? What is it, the end of the alphabet? It's the K. Is it K and he, L? He did and, not provide an annotated list for all the sections. It was just a few of them. Okay, so so his what he needs. So we need to follow up. up we meaning us and the NIC. Well, they were his comments were embedded within the policies themselves. So where is okay? Maybe it was I helpful have... for like A and B for him to annotate it. And he okay, didn't always do that, and so we just kind of had to go through it and see what his comments were, which I did. which I might be missing. Yeah, okay. So I might okay, cool. But Tim knows what those he, he would will. have general sense of will. will. <laughs> okay. A couple big attachments coming his way. All right. So I think I did not understand that. Okay. Um I would open this to public comment, but quite literally, there is nobody here right now. So I can say public comment and I would be following our policy, but it would be really silly. Foolish. So, uh, at this point, we're getting away. Um, fiscal 23 budget update. Thank you, Madam Chair. So, um, as I said, the materials, uh, Michael and I have met with members of the Warren Committee a couple of times over the last few weeks, just kind of going over the basics and in, in school budgets 101 for, um, for folks. So, we've had that meeting in our last meeting. We, we talked about our current budget. Um, and the gap within the town and the school side total budget was about $900,000. Um, so, you know, we looked at, at our budget and that's been brought down to around 300. Mm -hmm. um, so there was some talk of us, you know, what can we do to kind of help that process out? What, what can we do to reduce our budget? So, you know, Michael did a great job going through this and, and put together a couple of 
uh, we'll put together a scenario in his recommendation, which you know I agree with. And I think there's a couple of things that you folks can do. You can look at it and say, great, we don't, we don't want to do this at all. We want to go to the meeting next week and just do our regular number. Um, you can say that those are areas that we don't want to cut. So find someplace else to cut. Um, so it, it really, you know, you have many options here, or you can agree with what's there and, and we can move on. So totally up to you. We're open to do whatever you folks want us to do, but um, we, we tried to get a number around $200,000 if we could you know, bring it down to that number. So we looked at um, moving a 0.2 math aid at Wheelock School out of the operational budget and into the ESSER three grants. So that was just adding an additional amount interested three and then probably having to just move that around twenty five thousand dollars right so that's something that we could, we, we could swallow move, next year if we had to we could and yeah. we could move it around in esther three because esther three what we put in there um are exact but we could move it or we could do an amendment if we needed to mm -hmm. um and then reduce our operational funding by two hundred twelve thousand um our district tuition and private schools so michael's done some new projections with mary and um, it looks like that we'll be able to use some of our circuit breaker carryover to prepay special education tuition, which we've done the last three or four okay. years. Anyway, it's just a smart way. So that would allow us to remove that 212 from the existing FY23 budget, which would change the number uh, by 217,332, uh, which would look at our increase of budget would be uh, 2.98 or 3% uh, budget and get the number down um, to 39,489,616. Okay. So that was a way to do it and it preserves everything that we were asked for. So those are the new positions that we want that we think are important, all that stays. Mm -hmm. And um, it allows us to help the town with that. You know, one of the things that is important to remember too that we haven't really discussed at all is we need to get a new roof at Blake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, my son has told me. Yeah, so we've been working with the town on that and they think that they've come up with a plan um, to probably get us about a million dollars or so uh, to do a partial replacement of the roof around those areas that are really, really struggling mm -hmm. and really porous at this point. Um, so they're looking at, at taking funds from other building projects and allocating that town meeting in May for us to get our roof done. And so, does that then, that's that's the, the band-aid for the time. Is there ever a time in which uh, around that we it looks as though we'll be able to do the, the rest or that there's yeah, an think, integrated way of being able to do that. So after. I think that's one of the things that we're talking about because we need to have, that was on the plan for a while that the capital plan and the, and the building uh, facilities plan because, you know, when they, Michael, do you remember how old the, the, this building in, in Blake? Well, we didn't replace the one at Blake. We didn't replace it, right? it. Yeah. So that one's close to original. That were in a bit, renovation was in 95, I believe. The one that we, uh, it was, I don't remember the, what well, about the time I moved here about that? So 2000, 2000, 2001. Yeah. So, that, so that flip took place and um, we've done a lot of band-aids on the roof, but I mean, this would replace a, a major section, probably 30% of the roof mm -hmm. and really hit that trouble area that we've had right now. And we've had it for two or three years. It's right. been a problem. So the town is, is looking to help us out in that regard with that 1 million to get that done sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. um, so I think if we can go to the uh, Warren Committee next week, and we can share some of the redu this, this reduction, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, it might help with getting a balanced budget and then get it ready to go for the town meeting. It doesn't really impact any of the positions we want or anything we're looking at. It. So I, I think that if I were to, um, I mean, if I had to look at a whole list of cuts, first of all, I, I don't know where they would come from. On I, I don't and I would, 
fight to the nail to make sure that in the curricular things that we're trying to do across the budget, particularly in math, I would I'd be hallowed. So if at least for me, there's a way that we can use what we have now that we could potentially not be using to be prepay. I think it's just a smart way. So it allows us to on that right. slide that we do in the presentation, what mm -hmm. would we accomplish with 3.54? It allows us to still do all that. Exactly. Um, it's just removing, it's just the additional money that we have uh, to carry over for a circuit breaker based on the projections that will allow us to do that. Now, if something could change between now and the end of the year, we couldn't do that, but I think we're in pretty good shape as of right now based on what Frank uh, Ordinary had, had set, right. sit down and went over. So. And obviously, if our out of district tuition funding went through the roof by more than $200,000, we would have to be. You know, that would be a real crisis situation anyway. We'd be going back to the town for that anyway. We would. So that's just, yeah. But it's just a way that I think was it's a, it's a, way, a way to way do what we wanted to do in the that's budget without having to really impact it as far as position. That still, still get that 2.2 that we feel are really important in terms of the math specialist, the additional support with AIDS. And again, the, the issue is what Megan had brought up before is that funding clip after SR3 evaporates, right? Yeah. So now we're looking. Right, so we're looking at FY you know, 24, where there's going to be some positions in there that are going to be additional. So I think we need to be, we've been very clear with the Warren Committee on that so far, and I'll be clear with them next Tuesday as well, mm -hmm. is that we're doing this because we have that escrow money, but that disappears after FY 23. And it'll, in, in fact, the FY 24 portion of that, we're going to be using for mathematics textbooks for elementary school. So, right. uh, um, can you refresh my memory? So now it would be a 2.98. Increase with the ESSER. I mean, thank God the ESSER grant. Right. <laughs> Not However, so much thank God for how we got it, but no, no, but God. still yeah. we have yeah. it. We yeah. have it, so thank you. But what would our increase be with that grant? Oh, well, without that, we put all that in yeah. there. So yeah. it'd be three. So that's another percent. So um, with this cut here, it'd be well over four. Yeah, you know, I, I closer to five. Yeah, my only concern is what's happening next year. Next year's going to look really scary, and how does the town outlook? Mm -hmm. You know, um, I suppose that's we have to do what we have to do. But I am thinking of where we're going to be this time next year right. with the town. And did you say that the 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 number was nine hundred nine hundred thousand? Correct. And was there a number that the warrant committee brought to you to get? To cut, or did they just say get it down? Um, they asked us to review, get it down, and I think you know they, they kind of whispered around two hundred thousand to us. So, okay. um, and, and that's where you, we were looking. Was it just you and Michael meeting with? It was, yeah. Okay. It was. So I think that you know that's something that we can look at. Uh, you know, I know Jess had had a conversation with uh, the chair of the work committee as well. So. That's what we're offering up anyway as an update. Yeah. It's whatever you folks want to do with your budget at this point. So we could go in next week with the same number and then you know talk about this as an alternative. And I suppose share, I mean, I'm sure you already are sharing our concerns for next year. And you know, we have you know um, where we are. Yeah, time. unfortunately, we as we talked about we didn't get the millions other places got because you have a two-year. This the SR3 expires at the end of FY24. So if we had a different situation where we had millions like others are sitting on millions, you could really do this over over two years if you had staffing and, and a program. You could do a full two years on this. 
I just, is there any particular reason that the roof wouldn't fall under the municipal stabilization fund or the capital? It does fall under both, but they, there's funds that are left over from the other building projects that they want to take from that to, because a new roof total was going to be about $3 million or more. Right. You know, so that's, I mean, I think I know back they're, to- They're taking $2 million out of free cash to put into uh, this, I don't know if it's this year or next year. Or into capital. Right. Yeah. So I mean, if we're going to even talk about partial, it wouldn't be the full three million. Which is, I, I, they're not I asking us for it, though. They're going to hold on to it. I mean, what you're saying is that the town is going to pay for that thirty percent that we're doing now. Correct. Right. So we're not taking it out of our operational budget. No, no, no. Okay, I know, but I'm, I'm just saying that it. I, I wouldn't wholeheartedly say okay. Yeah, it feels like there's still kind of moving pieces to this that. Uh, I'm, I'm shocked actually to hear that there's that big of a deficit because I thought we were in much better shape. Well, it's definitely not there. I mean, it's, it's, I think what they did to get most of it down was to allocate money for OPEC, which was a big part of what their issue was. And I, I believe they're allocating half a million to, to OPEC. So, which I and that's something the selectmen have always wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what they want. I think part of their vision around that is to make us continue to look um, and from what I have understood over the years, can you continue to look uh, desirable in terms of bond ratings? So for again, still looking at borrowing money for whatever the new elementary school project you want to be, um, we maintain that rating and have the amount of free cash in there that they will allow us to continue to look good um yeah, i mean i understand all that but I, yeah i'm also kind of explaining it out there to use classrooms that are flooded you know i mean yeah it's just oh, no. basic well, yeah. but, but i think what, hasn't been in a social but, center for a couple days but ago. the million dollars in that new roof will, will replace all the areas we've had issues with so the whole roof needs to be done but the main issue is that back wing where we've had flooding for the last couple of weeks months Mm -hmm. uh, especially with the snow melts, which is always a treat. Uh, that just needs to be replaced. You know, we put a, a zillion patches on that. Um, so it's the only other way to do it is do a, a huge bond override for all the roofs at the same time. I mean, you could do that too, but uh, I kind of want to save our overrides for new elementary school, quite frankly. So. Um, Jeff, so, uh, would you? So what date is the Warren Committee? The 15th. The 15th. I knew that. Okay. So you don't have to take any action. I just, yeah, we don't have to take any action. Just think about it. Think about it and you know, we, can, um, we can present to them what we've looked at for reduction. And we don't have to go into that without, and we can go into them with, with our actual budget number or we've been talking about and saying these are ways that we can, we can manage this. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's it's your decision, though. So we're going to give them if we talk about it. This is one we're going to talk about, unless mm -hmm. you have other ones that want us to look at, because it you know they don't cut our budget; it's your budget. So uh, we try to get to one where we didn't impact what we were trying to accomplish this year with those positions, et cetera. So. No, I'm I'm 
I, I understand it just making that. me crazy. You know, in terms of we're we're going in for under three percent next year, we're not. You know. But and Meg, even if we don't do this, we're still doing that. No, still, I, you know, I know that. Positions I, in yes, I, I I understand all that. Right. Just, right. And these these curriculum positions are, you know, sometimes you have to grab the bird in hand instead of anticipating. Yeah, yeah. You know, because that we cannot continue without having the mass support. Nothing but I think one of the things yeah. we've also done too is we don't just move everyone forward, right? So we take a look at what the district needs are and if there are positions that need to be reduced, and we've done that in the past, you know, based on enrollment or based on, um, you know, what the student schedules are at the high school. So we, yeah, we, yeah. we do all that movement all spring. So if a situation like that comes up where, you know, things are going really well for the math curriculum person, we'll, we'll take a look at the district as a whole and see what we need to do as far as any reduction so it's not necessarily you know last in first out yeah. in a situation yeah. like that so and i also feel pretty strongly about at least in some way kind of increasing the teacher supply budget because we literally have just taken i mean it's been yeah decimated yeah. for the last yeah, several years it's i i honestly don't i agree. had a conversation with them the other day yesterday about that and one particular teacher was telling me that when she started 20 something years ago, the budget was $400 mm -hmm. per teacher. It's 20 years ago. 20, 20 something years ago, it's been 200 per teacher for the last five years. And we usually raise more mm -hmm. So, <laughs> because we're just wondering how we're going to get through. Yeah. Well, okay. I am fine with uh, presenting the alternative that you Michael worked out there. I have no problem with it. It's, it's, you know, it is the lowest impact. Yeah, yeah. Um, if the rest of you are okay with that as well, and you know, we can continue discussing and you can uh, send Jeff or myself feedback on that one as I'm kind of the budget. So whatever, you, whatever happens or whatever your thoughts are, you have to take some sort of vote. Oh, right now? No, no, no. Oh, so sorry. Next at the next meeting. Okay. So either you want to keep the same number or you want to reduce it by this or right. whatever right. you want us to do. So we will have that information after. Right. The one committee right. meeting to be okay, and so we we'll make sure we vote that. Yeah, we got to make sure that's uh, there's a vote of the, the final number. Okay, the 20 is it 24? Yeah, 24. Mm -hmm. Put that meeting in there. Okay, uh, you're our only hope for public comment. Would you like to make a public comment? I would like to make a public comment. Please stand up, make a public comment. So thank you for having me again. I okay. sorry I have to run out, but the energy committee is meeting at the same time, so they were waiting. <laughs> did you ever double zoom? That was painful. No, I, I did that. Didn't want to do that to you. It was not. So um, I um, I asked them about the electric school buses and you know the fact that Conley uh, owns and that we don't and and that sort of thing. And there are, as I said, we have experts there from the EPA, from the Eversource, you know, and, and other experienced. Uh, experts and they said a we're not alone that um we don't own the buses this mm -hmm. is a common thing and, and this is being considered in the in the grant structure eversource is really wanting to push not on the electric school buses but also the regional grouping of, of uh, you know writing for grants um partly because <clears throat> uh you know that also would help us increase 
diversity, you know, who can partner with Framingham or something like that, that would increase our chances of getting some of this, this money. Mm -hmm. But Eversource would also um, provide us with grant writers. They really want to push this not only for the, you know, because it's right, but they are looking at using those buses over the summer as, what I said, to mitigate the peaks over the summer, to use the batteries um, for their peak reduction. And so they would supply us with resources to get get those to get those uh, grants written. <clears throat> Actually, people, you know, um, and uh, it, uh, it it it's clear that this the, we'd have to probably go to town meeting to get some funding for this because you know there's some matching that that, that towns have to do. We have to figure out how all this works. And what I was going to ask you, um, yeah. actually, Kelly, I, I, we're literally not in that agenda item right now. So okay. if you're doing public comment for that, I think probably, and I, I'm fascinated and I want to know, yeah. but it's kind of a, a policy that we need to have it right. specific to what we're doing. So let's maybe, That's uh, all you that wanna, I think it's great. Mm -hmm. You want to circle that up in, a, in an email and then I can distribute it. I, I do, so I have, as, do I have, can I have a question? Up. So, uh, if we would like to go out and do make some inquiries, who do I get permission from the energy committee to actually talk to Connolly or other school districts uh, without stepping on anybody's toes? Here? I have no toes left. You can, you can just do that on your Five own. years in, Kelly, I have no <laughs> toes left. No, that, I just didn't want to make, yeah. make you feel we're going out. No, I mean, I think that's all, it's all public information, so. Yeah, yeah. No, but if we call Conley and say, you know, like, can you talk to us? And they say, who are you? Yeah. I mean, you know, if you, if you, uh, Michael interacts with Conley the most, you want him to give you a name and have him just give him a heads yeah. up and say, this is kind yeah. of a, a, you know, an energy committee kind of exploration. Yeah. I think that probably would work. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. giving no me toes time. Left. This really sure. is Absolutely. moving things forward. Thank you. Excellent. Appreciate it. And if you have other stuff, I will make sure that I uh, yeah. send it to me. And if, with anything that goes to this, oh my goodness! Oh gosh! Luckily, you're not on camera. Um, anything that happens uh, that goes to the school committee chair email also goes to the full forward group, so oh, okay. that um, one I don't make sure I make sure that everybody gets it and that they're all able to kind of understand. Um, but it also just makes life a lot easier. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and then I'm going to assume that there's no other person here for public comment on the budget, unless you, you know. Sorry, it wasn't on the budget, but it's kind of related to the budget. <laughs> it right? is related. Yeah, it really is related. <laughs> All right. So, um, so this this conversation is. We feel confident this conversation is closed. Okay. Um, elementary school project workshop. I wondered if uh, if we just really wanted to kind of talk a little bit about what our impressions were coming away from their specific actions. Uh, did you like the the general um, format of that? And do you think it would be helpful in the future to continue to be able to touch base with the select board, select men soon to be board um, in the future around not only a new elementary school project and kind of working towards that, uh, but also I was thinking in terms of other issues that tend to be, we end up kind of being on the opposite side of things sometimes. And I think that there's a lot more way that we could be a little bit more collaborative if we're able to have kind of more informal conversations. So what were your impressions? Let's talk first about uh, what we came away from 
the conversation thinking and believing that we all kind of agreed to or agreed to in principle. You guys have thoughts about that you'd like to put out there? Um, um, yeah, I mean, I came late, so I apologize, but I um, I think it is fruitful to, to be meeting with them. I think um, um, we just have to approach this in a new way. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, this is, um, uh, we've learned some lessons, and I think everyone wants a new school as soon as possible. So if that means, um, and I think part of it is, is collabor collaborating more, um, that's important. I do, I like the idea of having a listening session mm -hmm. that first go. Yeah, um, I'm good. You know, and, and just really listen. Yeah, I, I think that my hesitancy so much about having one immediately is that I did not see how that conversation was going to be any different from the conversations or the non-conversations. I, I totally agree. But so I really do, but passed. I think it's time has passed and that it is important and that we need to be forward-facing and and thinking in a very much directed way about what we do want, not about what we don't want. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And if people want to tell us, I'm, I, I just want to hear it. Yeah, great. Let's make this happen. Um, I wouldn't go out of as far to say that it was an enjoyable evening. Um, it was better it than was, I thought it would be. I, I mean, you know, I'm always good for a good day. I'm not going to call it enjoyable. Let me just I said it. But I think it is completely necessary and um, probably should have happened much, much sooner because I, I've said it before, there's a disconnect sometimes. and. Things that are said there, then we react to, or we say things here, mm -hmm. and they react to, and then get everybody in the same room and um, and look at each other in the eyes and not zoom, and right? Not, okay, uh, or just talk and yeah. and um, clear up some perhaps misconceptions or um, I think we agree on more than we think. We do. Yeah, and then I, I'm I think a little going, tired of being like on this side and they're on that side when it's really- I think there was just some lost in translations. Yeah, stuff, yeah. You know, yeah. And I think going forward to have kind of stipulated points mm -hmm. and maybe open-ended questions to kind of <laughs> prevent um, maybe people kind of going off onto- Yeah. Well, for a first, you know, for a first try, I think yeah. it's really, you know, we could have we could have structured it so that it was really we could have structured it so it was you know like are you going to answer this question this question for you but I really felt like there had been so many different people who had spoken in so many different ways and so many different times and because of the open meeting law in which we cannot really bring all right. that information right. together we all needed to hear the yes. conversations that we've been having okay. so after this you're absolutely right should be much more structured and around specific issues but we had to even find out what the issue would be right so and i think we did come to some decent conclusions right um we know that we're i think close if no cigar on uh whether we submit the soi right and that if we did timeline wise we would hear by december hopefully the school building committee in whatever iteration they happen to be in at that point 
would be up and running enough and have have uh, digested enough of the original plan and original and been conducting enough kind of information gathering that it would allow them to evaluate whether if we were accepted uh, evaluate whether it would be reasonable to go with the MSBA process or if we were just kind of strike out on our own at that point at that point there would be a special town meeting probably sometime in January to get funding for however that facility study was going to go so there is kind of a still a little bit of a sticking point around the SOI in terms of whether we're going to do it or not but I felt like it's trending pretty positively because there was no um but please tell me if I'm hearing the things that I um, I, I thought that it was a go. Yeah, I didn't think it was a go yet. I didn't feel like Gus was completely in the go place. Well, but I think he was very close. That was my impression coming out that we we had like maybe one more kind of conversation to go before I can say yeah. But I will also follow up with him, and right. I will also roll tape. I love rolling tape. I, so I, I think eventually. Okay. After Michael Marcucci's. Like, don't worry about this much. Yeah. Explanation. Yeah. I thought that brought clarity. I thought he was, yeah. yeah. That's where I felt like, okay, now he's finally very close. But I didn't hear yes. Now I hear yes. Yeah. I think that that's kind of my thing. Um, but I will, you know. Uh, we were going to pick a date. And we were going to pick a date. Oh, right. Uh, Christine has not gotten back to me about the public safety, but do we have. Um, we have days in the next, I think we were looking at that first two weeks in April. Uh, before starting from, um, don't we have to plan it with that? Yeah, but we were going to throw out a couple but of it days. Doesn't, but so Megan just has to zoom in. She doesn't have to be there. So I think, uh, can you tell me a little bit about what your schedule looks like simply so? Or if there are any uh, high school things that are happening, I've we wouldn't calendar up now. So, okay. um, looking at the week of the fourth, looking at the week of the fourth up through the first three days of the week of the eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth. We know that fourteenth and fifteenth are pretty much probably no go between Good Friday, Easter, and vacation. So just you know, looking at the schedule here, it'd be mm -hmm. great to find out. What people are thinking about the SOI because, yeah. um, quite frankly, I don't, when Michael and I don't want to be doing it on, on an April vacation. We've, we've already done it, you know, and we're not going to sit and do it again on this yeah. vacation. So, I'd like yeah. to, okay, so like I'll see if I know can... what people are thinking about that. Okay, because it's two to 29. Okay, that's good to know. That's Excellent. right, Mike, right? 29? Yeah, thank you. You just can't copy and paste some of it. <laughs> All right, so if it's due on the 29th, we're, we're looking at, and the hearing really doesn't have a lot to do with that, but I do think that, you know, we can hear about what people think about going with an NSBA process and have a conversation that is, uh, in which we were able to have you there and uh, Mike Markaji has agreed to be there, um, we could really, be able to provide people facts about what an MSBA process facts would look like. Facts are important. Facts are important. Mm -hmm. And we're um, 
but it would be a helpful resource. And I think that people are going to want to talk about that. So sure. let's try to get that maybe into the first week then of April. How's that sound? And I mean, what do you, and does the school have anything major that I'm missing? No. The sixth might be a little tough. So the fifth is really the only, I don't think they have, they have a selectable meeting on the fifth, but. Any hmm? chance we, we could move the school committee meeting and have the listening session on the seventh? I'm good with that, but then we would not have the school community meeting until is that next week? Uh, it's Thursday. Well, it's Thursday, though. Don't you have things? But but I'm supposed to be glazing a bowl with my young son at seven p.m. Seven thirty. PM? Until 7.30 up on the but 14th. But that's, could you I mean, that's fun. Glaze sooner? Yeah. <laughs> it's just that so first week for fun. me, I would really love to be at that meeting. And I just couldn't. So you're okay. going to suggest the 7th? I'm going to suggest the 7th and, okay. and, push, and push out our school meeting to the week, to the Thursday after. That's that sounds fine to me. Um, any possibility we could move that meeting to seven thirty? Sure. All right. So we will do the school committee meeting on, and we'll have to tell the student reps about that on the fourteenth at seven thirty. I hope you, Leo, and Tim are um, listening at home. And then we can propose the Thursday, the seventh is probably our best option for that first week. Please. Okay. Yeah, is that public safety, sir? Mm -hmm. um, um, Do we want to look at the town calendar while we're here and just make sure that we're not barking up the wrong tree? Am I just to assume that the that the survey is dead? No. I seem to take that up. No, 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 I don't think that the survey was dead. I thought that the survey was, um, and and I say you know talking about a very specific marketing third party survey. I think that um, it may not happen in the time frame that we were thinking of. You know, how much we wanted to have it happen like now or an hour. Um, so I think it's going to be underneath the SBC, but I think that we can make a strong recommendation that there is an independent party to assess, an independent professional party to assess. So I guess the, the disagreement is whether or not we do it before the SBC or the SBC. And how do we structure those questions? Do we know enough to know what we need I think to that's ask good. right now? You know, I just feel like if you give it to the SBC and they, are the ones, even if it's a third party, the same issue is going to happen. That then they're suddenly a biased, corrupt group. If this information is gathered beforehand, it might actually attract people to actually take part in the SBC because the data is out there and it's crystal clear and it's been neutrally collected. That, that's all that I was trying to say. No, I agree. Mm -hmm. Just because it, it, this this whole process is so tainted. Yeah. I'm thinking, who 
wants to do it. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I mean, for the good reasons. For good reasons. So I think to your point, do we um, have an actual vessel that can uh, a funding vessel? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, so that's the problem. You know, like so essentially, the, the selectmen would have to say yes. I'm very committed to that because I didn't get that, sense. and I didn't get that vibe. I think we're very committed to that as long as it's in the context of the committee that would be yeah and that you're right that is a, that is um a stumbling block but in terms of it not happening at all i don't think that's the case i think that there's a a desire to gather two kinds of information one that is third party neutral hopefully and one that is true truly literally Talkback and impressions and community understanding when they stand up and talk to you. You know, that kind of more uh, qualitative kind of experience as well. Keith Peterson mentioned um, an organization that helps. Organization. Yes, yeah. uh, you know, that helps facilitate mm -hmm. um, that type of thing. And I'm wondering if that organization also does survey work or perhaps in order to perhaps see what it would cost us or how much time it would take or or facilitates yeah work forms <laughs> yes exactly all the listening sessions i'm not sure uh i can see on april 7th oh but chairman marcucci will no longer be on the um oh or uh as a selectman with the affordable housing trust is meeting from 730 to 930 as is the conservation commission but i don't think they overlap very much <laughs> um but that might be a sticking point so i'll contact christine in the morning okay. and see um okay so soi i'll get confirmation about what they were thinking and at least have them put it on their agenda the next time if i can I'll ask Christine about that, just so that we can make sure we know where they were going with that um, specifically. And we'll talk about, um, we'll reach out to Pete and see if uh, what he knows about the mediation and whether that's work that they would do and whether that's work that just right now um, they'd be interested in doing. How much it is and where that bucket comes from. Because I think it's it's easy to um, one of the easiest ways to make sure that something doesn't happen is to just decide that there's no bucket. <laughs> like, oh, we don't have an envelope for that. So I so pushing that a little bit is not a bad idea. Um and uh anything else in particular that struck you from the evening. I'm sorry we didn't get to public comment. I think it was a robust discussion, though. You know, I, I understand. And after two hours, it well, actually after an hour, I doubt it doesn't. But <laughs> two hours in, I'm you know, the reason I'm not in theater anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why you have to do it again. Continue. Sorry. Um, no, that's fine. Uh, anything else that you felt like came out of that? 
Jeff put away his stuff, so it's apparently time for me to be over. And I'm good with that. I want you to look two years, one I don't want you writing down. Okay. Um, anything else that we're thinking right now in terms of that meeting, or do we feel comfortable with the end of that conversation? Right there. All right. I just got a thumbs up from Anne May. And I'm not going to ask for public input unless. All right, not very chatty tonight, Kelly. Okay, uh, informational items, Dr. Morrison. Um, I have none other than what I put in your materials, which is a, a great letter about the single bioliteracy. Um, just take a look at that. That's something the district's been working on. Ellen Tubman's done a great job with that, bringing that to our students and giving that opportunity for students to graduate with that single bioliteracy. So our kids have been great uh, with that and they've really taken to it. So just take a look at that if you have any questions. You reach out to me or reach out to Ellen has come in and presented to Dallas in the last few years. Yeah. Um, I do have one informational item, and you guys are just going to have to tolerate it. Um, and then, but, uh, and this is unfortunate, but um, it was put to my attention rightly uh, after Dr. Marson's review last month that I had stated that his overall rating for the two year period was proficient. Even though his performance on three of the five standards would be in summary to be exemplary. Um, so, for the record, I would like to apologize uh, because that is a calculation error and that indeed actually makes Dr. Marsden's rating exemplary. Uh, I would also like to say that there is no financial gain or privilege that Dr. Marsden gets from a change in rating. It's simply that I want to tell him and acknowledge that I messed up and we appreciate it and you have to go through the excruciating experience of yeah. having us like praise you and appreciate you again. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Okay. okay. Uh, future agenda items. We have health advisory committee medfield outreach. Hopefully we'll be able to come. Um, we were going to kind of have them come this week, but uh, things just got kind of packed. Uh, Desi COVID-19 guidance. I was really hoping that was the end of that one. I was so excited it wasn't on this one. And uh, continuing policy manual updates. We do need to uh, set up a workshop uh, for policy at some point, but our next meeting is on March 24th, 2022. Sorry, Jess. Um, health advisory update. So, Medfield Outreach and its head of uh, R. What is that for? Health advisory and Medfield Outreach? Yeah. Did you just say that? Yeah. Oh, okay. I had asked them both to, to come into this meeting and um and the new direct at the new director of um health, right? Would be part of that. Okay, good. Yeah. Yes, Mary would be part of that. Mary so Mary, Mary yes, yes. Sarah will be good. Okay. Yeah. Do we have the results from that um, Metro West? No. no. we won't have the results from Metro Usually West summer. for another yeah, several months. Usually July. Usually, Usually July we get them. A long time to crunch that. Yeah. Okay. Remarkably long yeah, time. I always think really. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's long. This hits the ten thousand twenty-one. That's right. Yeah. Uh. So and uh and we do have our warrant committee session next week, the fifteenth. So uh, anybody who would like to be there, certainly feel free to be there. Um. Do I hear a motion? I know you don't want to, but do I hear a motion to adjourn? So moved. Anna Meg says. <laughs> and Megan, is that a second? Sure is. 
All right, all in favor? Aye. Aye. This uh, motion passes and the meeting is adjourned at 927. Ooh, la, la,